Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, so we have promised to talk about sports betting on this show. That's, you know, oh, what we're yeah, doing that. here. So we got to clock into our jobs. And let's start in the college ranks because, Chris, you were supposed to be a guest on our show today True. and give us your picks from the podcast uh, that you do uh, on the Odyssey YouTube channel. It's, I guess it's not a podcast on the YouTube channel, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, it's on the BetQLU podcast <laughs> that previews all of the college games, or at least the big ones. So, Chris Mack, since you're filling in, and I guess you're not really a guest, I'm going to ask you about yeah. your picks anyways. So, let's all right, start let's do it. in the Big 12. I was like, Big 12. Yes, there's 12 teams <laughs> still. Uh, Oklahoma laying 9.5 at Kansas. What is the play here? Guess who's figuring some things out? Guess who was left for dead by a lot of us after last season? But they've got their quarterback back, and the quarterback's looking pretty good. He's a dark horse Heisman candidate. And guess who upset Texas earlier this season in the Red River rivalry? It's Oklahoma. And Brett Venables has figured something out in Oklahoma. I I wasn't counting on it. I was one of those people that left the Sooners for dead about halfway through the season last year, and I didn't think getting Dylan Gabriel back would be what they needed. It's been exactly what they've needed, and I do believe in him as a dark horse Heisman candidate. Now that that seems to have opened up a bit, Caleb Williams has fallen off the radar. Michael Penix Jr. had a less than stellar game last week. That market is is kind of wide open, I want to say. And if you're looking for, for somebody a little farther down the board, I do like Gabriel. And I do like Oklahoma to start inserting themselves into the playoff conversation this week by handling Kansas nine and a half. I think they win by double digits. They've had hiccups offensively, but they always seem to get it done in the end. And I do think Oklahoma covers against Kansas this weekend. It looks like the market agrees with you because this line has since moved to 10. So we are seeing some money coming in on the Sooners. Next up, let's go out west. Oregon length six and a half at Utah. Uh, I believe this line opened at seven. So maybe we've seen some buyback on Utah, which I'll say this. Utah is an incredibly difficult place to play. Um, but sometimes I have questions about their offense. But I was wrong on Utah last week. Uh, I did not think that they were once again going to have the number of Caleb Williams. So now the question is, do they have the number of Bo Nix, or at least can they cover this spread? 
Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I don't know if I can lean on a side here. I really don't. Um, I I look at the total at 47 and a half, and I want to lean under, but this is this one's totally up in the air for me, honestly, because Utah has shown they they can do whatever they need to do to win a football game, and they've done it week after week this year. I think Oregon has shown you they have a harder time getting it done in a diverse way. So I, I, I like Utah. I liked Utah at seven. Utah at six and a half coming down off that number. I think that, that's still a little bit of a lean for me, but I don't know if I have a play in this one because the Pac-12, if nothing else, has been completely unpredictable this year, especially in the last three or four weeks. So it should be a great football game, and I do lean under, and I have a slight lean on Utah plus the six and a half. I kind of want to get a better feel for it as we get closer to game day and maybe take a, a second and third look at it on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. But um, Oregon-Utah is a tough one for me right now. At what point does a total make you nervous? Because I think when a college game, the total is in the 40s, that's when I start to get really nervous. If it's not like pedestrian offenses. And we've seen some totals that are really low, uh, namely in Iowa games. This is not mm -hmm. that, but Utah's defense is really good. But like totals in the 40s in college football games, it makes me nervous because it feels like even in college football, there's still some chaos to where you could see a defensive touchdown. You could see, you know, a pick six. So I think at the end of the day, you're playing the number. Like you, I think I would lean towards the under just because Utah's defense is so good. But yeah. 47 and a half, I think, is unplayable for me. Yeah, you know, I would have said through the first four or five weeks of the season, in any game involving the Utes, I don't get scared until we get down to like 45-ish. But mm -hmm. the way they've scored the last couple of weeks, now take it for what it's worth against Cal, who's terrible, and against USC's defense, which is also abysmal, do you necessarily put stock in Utah's offense being able to put up 30 points against Oregon's defense, for instance? I don't, so... The more I talk it out, the more I think the under is a, a less scary play and less that this thing should continue to move and, and come down. But 48 and a half, Oregon, Utah locked in a little bit of a defensive battle. I could see that happening. So again, that's where my lean is, but I, I want to let this one continue to play out just because it's the Pac-12 and it's insanity. Right. Uh, speaking of low totals, last week, Ohio State, <laughs> Penn State, uh, not many points in that one. And this week, Ohio State gets Wisconsin, who traditionally, uh, usually a lower scoring team, not necessarily the case like this year, like they're not, you know, undefeated to the under or anything, but we have a right. big spread here. Ohio State laying 14 and a half. And this, again, is a very big number. And I think my first question is, do you think that this is a situational spot where it's a letdown spot for Ohio State? Because I think... You look at Penn State, this was like, I'm not going to say it's their Super Bowl, but it was a huge game for Penn State. Maybe it wasn't the same, you know, level of, you know, necessity for Ohio State, but it was still a big game. Do you think this is a letdown spot for the Buckeyes? Yeah, I think it could be. And you're right. Oh, there it is. There's the music. It's Wisconsin, so we have to jump around. And you have to bounce like this. Not doing that. <laughs> and then everybody in the press box starts to wonder if Camp Randall is going to fall to pieces. Um, thank oh, no. you, Double D, for the House of Pain. Um, I, 
You're right. Ohio State, Penn State was not the Super Bowl for the Buckeyes. Their Super Bowl is still at the end of the regular season against Michigan. But anytime those three meet, it's a huge game. And with all the hype on Penn State going into that game, I understand why the Buckeyes felt like maybe they had something to prove. And I think they proved it. I think they did. Now, defensively, I think it was more about Penn State and James Franklin and and Mike Yursich, uh just not putting together a game plan that helped their young quarterback on the road. Uh, and their young quarterback not helping himself on the road. Drew Aller said it himself postgame. I sucked. Um, he's right. He sucked. The offense sucked. But I do take something away from the fact that Ohio State produced a little bit of offense against a really good Penn State secondary. Marvin Harrison Jr. is still Marvin Harrison Jr. He did it without Amika Egbuka, which I think is a big deal. So I feel a little bit better about Kyle McCord and Ohio State in that regard. I still think 14 and a half is too big a number, though, going into Madison. So um, I don't know if I necessarily lean on Wisconsin plus the 14 and a half, but I do think Ohio State minus 14 and a half is a stay away. Do you ever think the sports books are putting a game at a certain number to try to lure you away from a certain side? Because that's what I feel like when they do a key number and they add the hook, it's yeah. almost like they're begging you to bet on Wisconsin. Is that ever a red flag for you? Oh, ab- absolutely. Like, they're, they are, is exactly as you put it, Chelsea, they are begging people to bet on Wisconsin by putting it at 14 and a half. It's entirely likely Ohio State covers. It's, it, it, it really is. Ohio State could win this thing 27 to 10 and still cover by nearly a field goal. And everybody who bets Ohio State minus 14 and a half gets validated in some way. And everybody who bets Wisconsin, they build bigger pools and bigger houses and bigger hotels in the Nevada desert. That's the way this works. That's why you got to look at it from both sides, which I think we've done a pretty good job of here this morning in a couple of instances. Just because you don't like Ohio State minus 14 and a half necessarily doesn't mean you have to go all in on Wisconsin plus the 14 and a half. You know what I wish I could bet on is college player props. The state of Tennessee has decreed that these are morally like morally apprehensible. Like we can't bet on college player props for some reason. Can you guys bet on these? Have you ever done that? No, no, I'd love to. I offshore. I'm sure you can find them, but in the wonderful Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, it's not permitted either. You can bet on the games, but not the specific players. You can buy tickets to other people's games and go to those games and film them, but you can't bet on individual players now. Well, he's just a super fan, right? Just going to the games. Sure. He just got a camcorder. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.